0: June is Patron Appreciation Month. This month, I'm giving patrons a complimentary copy of the Tax and Business Guide for Authors. I created this course with my CPA dad, and it currently sells for $199. But patrons get lifetime access in June as my way of saying thank you. You can become a patron of the show at novelmarketing.com patron. I'll have more info at the end. Now, on to the episode. This is the Novel Marketing Podcast, episode 69. I'm James L. Rubart. I'm Thomas Umstat Jr. And this is the show for novelists who want to become best selling authors. In this episode, we're going to talk about a problem that neither James L. Rubart nor Thomas Umstadt have, and that is how to stand out when your name fits in. So the downside of an unusual name like Umstat is that no one can spell it or remember it or really do anything with it. But the plus side is that no one else has it, except for my dad, who's also Thomas Sumstat, He also has it. So yeah, I guess most people have this problem. So what do you do when you're not the only person (laughs) with your name? Uh, Today's uh, episode comes from a question from Samantha Johnson, who wrote the book, The Beginner's Guide to Vegetable Gardening. And she asks, how do you stand out when your
1: name fits in? When your name is something super common, it's next to impossible to find unique domain addresses, right? You want a URL that's going to be your name instead of Samantha Johnson author or writer. So it's a really good question. She says alerts are ineffective because there are so many other people out there with the same name. And, of course, then there's the Goodreads issue when other authors with the same name have books that end up in your list. And sometimes they're not the kind of books you want to have associated with your name. I mean, seriously, you go to URL, uh, maybe it's a a site where, you know, you would not agree with the content on that site. I I was talking with a
0: lady at a Christian Writers Conference, and she's this sweet little, you know, Christian Christian lady, uh, church going lady, and uh, she writes these like Christian devotional books. And there's a sure. lady who writes erotica for the naughty girl in all of us who has her exact same name. And so she was speaking at a you know an event with all these you know church ladies, and they had googled her right beforehand, and they were all horrified. She <laughs> walked in because she thought it was she was the other person uh, who had her name. So she didn't want to do any cross promotion. With the, <laughs> the, no.
1: So uh, Samantha says her brother and she have co authored several nonfiction books, and we'd love to hear some marketing tips for people with names like. Johnson Johnson. or Smith or Jones that's right
0: so uh the first thing I would say is to become the most famous Samantha Johnson that there is this is not something that everyone can do but how you do this is through aggressive SEO and aggressive PR where you become the Samantha Johnson that's known for that name and you kind of it's like King of the Hill you played as a kid you know you get to the top of the hill and you push all the other kids down so lots of blogging lots of magazine articles that sort of thing. But let's assume that's not possible for one reason or another. Then what are we supposed to do, Jim? Well, one way is to pivot to a
1: unique name you do not have to fight over. It's interesting because, uh, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, everybody, when he decided I'm going to be a movie star, they said you got to change your name to something more ordinary, more common. And they in his first movie, if go to IMDb and look this up, in his first na- movie, he is credited as Arnold Strong. <laughs> 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 wow, can we be more obvious, right? But he was savvy enough to say, no, I'm going to keep Schwarzenegger because it stands out. And that's one of the advantages that Thomas and I have. We have unusual names, but nobody else has them. And they can stand out in the sense that they go, oh, I haven't heard that name before.
0: So one thing you can do is change your name to something that does stand out, and there's a bunch of different ways to do this. One is the what I call the Hollywood method, which is to change your entire name. So, uh, Hollywood stars can't really have screen names because they have to be a celebrity all the time. They can't just have one name here and a different name somewhere else. And so, what most of them end up doing is changing their name. So, there was an actress by the name of Norma Mortensen, and you know what her she changed her name to Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> Uh, Whoopi Goldberg uh, there was, was born n- Karen right. Johnson. Okay,
1: for those of you who like trivia, Marion Morrison, one of the most famous actors in Hollywood history, Marion Morrison was dot dot or da. became
0: John Wayne. Think- <laughs> and Cary Grant was born uh, with the name Archibald Leach. Oof! So, uh, I, you really can't do much with Archibald Leach. That's just, you're losing <laughs> on both the first and the last. Another option that uh, some authors and uh, Hollywood celebrities do is they'll change just their last name. So Natalie Portman changed; uh, used to be co- uh, Natalie Herschlag. Um, Nicholas Cage used to be Nicholas co- uh, Coppola. Coppola. Yeah. Coppola. Because and, he's he's Francis Ford Coppola's nephew. Right. So he actually changed his name um uh, More trivia. We have a lot of movie trivia in this episode uh, because he was concerned about being accused of uh, nepotism. And so he changed his name so he wouldn't get any points for uh, his uncle or whoever it was. And then even authors like uh, Ben Wolf used to be known as Ben Ehrlichman. So uh, I think this is the better way to do it. The downside is is that it's harder to change your name now post 9-11. used to be you just filled out a form and you're done with it now there's a few more hoops uh, to jump through but uh, there's a lot to be said about changing your name to something that you can really own but let's say you don't want to change your name completely, here are some other options. And I will say, I end up naming a lot of authors as a part of my day job with Author Media. Back when we were selling websites very frequently, in sales calls, people would call me up and we'd try to pick a domain name for them. And we'd, and if it was an unpublished author, we'd often pick a name that they could get that name .com. And so we'd go through all the different options of finding them a name that they could own. So here are some of the tricks that I've used um, professionally to help people find a name that they can own. One is to switch to a nickname. So swamp out your first name for a nickname, a nickname version of uh, your first name. So Carlos Ray Norris uh, switched instead of calling Carlos, he went by his nickname Chuck. So Chuck Norris, much better name, uh, much more memorable. Uh, so uh, Samantha, you might you may try Sam or Sammy or Bam Bam or you know if there's some sort of nickname off of Samantha. Some names have more built-in nicknames uh, than others uh, that you, that are still recognizable.
1: I want to say, didn't Bruce Willis? I think his first name is actually Walter, and I think he swapped
0: in his middle name to become Bruce Willis, correct? That's right. Uh, That's another way to do it. So you can use a a nickname for your first name. Another is to swap in a middle name like what Bruce Willis (coughs) did, uh, where you go by your middle name, last name, and that's what you're known by. Uh, Another option with the middle name is to insert it. This is one of my favorite options because um, I think it's having a three-name Name is really classy, and it's a lot easier to be known by that. So Edgar Allan Poe, James Scott Bell, Orson Scott Card. So especially if your middle name is Scott, you know, go with that as a uh, as an option. And a <laughs> uh, far fewer people go with the three with the three names. And so I think that's a really easy, effective way to uh, lock in a name. And you know, no one knows him as Edgar Poe. Right? It's always Edgar Allan Poe. He's known by all three names. And there's a lot of power in being known um, by those three names.
1: And th- Another thing you can do is take your first two initials and turn them into the first name. Or JK. three initials,
0: if you're really cool, like J.R.R. R. Tolkien.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, if you really have the clout. So uh, Clive's staple Lewis became C.S. Lewis. J.R.R. R. Tolkien, you have J.K. Rowling. The only downside to this, and this is something to think about, and it can be an upside, if if you're using initials, people don't know whether you're male or female. Again, that can be a positive
0: or it can be a negative. So uh, th- there used to be this thought that women couldn't write successful fantasies. And in fact, that's what J.K. Rowling was told. She's like, no one wants to buy fantasy written by a woman. So she went by J.K. to um, obscure uh, her gender. Uh, There's also a common belief that uh, women don't want to read romance written by a man. They want to read romance written by a woman. And so often men who write romance will write romance with the uh, acronym or with the letters to obscure their identity. Although the obscuring the identity doesn't work as well nowadays because of this thing called social media. <laughs> so when you're doing social media, you're doing it as yourself. Uh, so you'll notice we have not talked about pen names yet. Uh, we don't. I don't recommend pen names because pen names don't work with social media very well. You can't, and with speaking and the other things you're expected to do to promote your book, um, it, you end up just giving your pen name and your real name and it's very confusing. And, and very uh, convoluted. Yeah, you have a base of people that you grow from, right? This base of people are
1: people who you know, and then suddenly you're asking them to think of you as somebody different. They can't do that. Uh, branding is you've already burned that name into, you've already branded
0: yourself as yourself, so very hard to transition. So some other options that we don't necessarily recommend. Uh, one is to add a suffix. So I'm Thomas Umstadt Jr. is what I have on the cover of my book. I worked out a deal with my dad. He goes by Tom G. Umstadt, and I go by Thomas Umstadt, junior. Uh, for us, the big confusion is in the Austin area, we both own businesses and you know people think that I'm a marketing guru and a CPA with 30 years of experience and they get very <laughs> impressed and I'm like, well, actually, I'm not even 30 years old yet. <laughs> so there's no way for me to have 30 years of experience doing accounting. That's my, that's my father. Um, so the problem with the suffix that I've experienced is that people tend to leave it out, which is one of the reasons I worked out the deal with my dad. So he's Tom instead of Thomas. Um, because even if someone leaves out the suffix, there's still less chance for confusion. But people tend to see suffixes as optional. Uh, and another thing they see as optional, and another thing I wouldn't recommend is a middle initial. Uh, not that I'd know anybody who has a middle initial in their uh, <laughs> pen name. You want to talk about this at all? Any James L. Rubart? <laughs> yeah, it's so funny because I, I, when I was trying to decide w- w-
1: whether I wanted to be Jim Rubart on my book or James on my books I chose James for a number of reasons one James to me sounds a little bit more sophisticated more authorly and the second reason or the and the reason I put in the L is because consciously I thought there's a very famous writer TV writer named James L Brooks James L Rubart so I wanted by association with an unusual name like Rubart to have some kind of almost subconscious uh, association with somebody who was known, so that's why I put the L in there,
0: kind of like George well, I, R. R. Martin uh, playing off the J. <laughs> R. R. Tolkien.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that same that same type of thing. Exactly. The problem here's the problem in interviews. I I spoke at this conference in February, and the conference director did this beautiful canvas uh, thing where all the speakers had quotes from themselves. On the canvas, and I mean, it was just spectacular to the point that you we got to take them home and put them up in our offices. But on that canvas, it was James Rubart, yep. not James L. James Rubart. And so I find that happens again and again in interviews uh, when people are announcing me, they say James Rubart, and that hurts me because on the books it's James L. Rubart. So that's a really good point, Thomas.
0: And confusing it even more is that your friends know you as Jim. And you have lots and lots of friends. And so I know you have three <laughs> three versions of your name. I, three so, versions of so, my name. Yeah. Sometimes we say, uh, "Dear listener, to do as we to do as we do." Other times we say, "Do as we say and learn learn from what we have done." Learn from my pain. <laughs> um, so uh, one of the things that Samantha asked about is. Uh, You know, she's having trouble on Goodreads of other people getting credit for her books. This is actually an easy fix. Uh, Goodreads has an edit details button that you can click if you become a Goodreads author, and you can. Um, request uh, changes to be made. You can also, in Amazon, if your books are confused with someone, you can go through Amazon Central and get it unconfused. But I would seriously consider changing your name to something that you can own. And while you're thinking of what name to pick, for those of you who have yet to pick your name, there's a couple of websites I want to point you to that are really helpful for this. So when I'm sitting down with a client, we're trying to figure out what their name is. uh, The first place we go is instantdomainsearch.com. And this allows you to search the .coms of the world and some of the other domains instantly to see what's available. So we can type in .com and see, oh, it's taken. There's some other guy by that name. And so we're able to run through lots of options very quickly. Uh, another cool website, though, once we've picked a domain that we like, is namecheck.com. Now, check is spelled C-H-K. So it's namechk.com. And we'll have links to these sites in the show notes at novelmarketing.com. And namecheck.com looks up your name on all of the social networks, so it checks Twitter, Facebook, you know, Blogger, WordPress. It checks like a hundred different sites, more than you'd ever use, and it gives you an idea of what's taken on those different sites in terms of usernames and whatnot. And so it's really helpful to give you a feel for how much competition there's going to be uh, for your name as you're picking a name. And th- this is particularly useful if you're totally changing your legal name you can change your legal name to something where you're at that on twitter you're at that on facebook and name check can let you find out uh, what that is okay
1: this episode of the novel marketing podcast has been brought to you by my book table now let me ask you a question have you ever wished that someone would create a robot that would be promoting your books while you're sleeping or while you're reading or while you're writing, while you're doing other things. Good news, that robot has been invented by the folks over at Author Media. It's called My Book Table, and it helps boost your book sales without you having to lift a finger. This thing is great. Not only does it sell your books, but it can also make you revenue. Say somebody goes through My Book Table to Amazon uh, and they buy what do you what do you say, Thomas? A, a, a weed toaster. Whacker. They buy a, or a, weed a whacker. toaster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a New computer. Set. Yeah. Okay. If they buy a TV, you are making serious coin because you get credit for that affiliate. So I'm like I'm going to stop talking about it and tell you go to mybooktable.com. If you go there and you put in the code Novel Marketing,
0: you'll get an instant instant 10% off. <laughs> Uh, our featured iTunes review, uh, we've been featuring iTunes reviews from authors who leave us reviews. Uh... Our featured review today is from Mary DeMuth, who's the author of The Day I Met Jesus and Thin Places, which is a book I've actually read and loved. I've actually read both I of those I love Thin books. Places, too. Yes, uh, they're both excellent books. Uh, but she says, packed with helpful information for a topic that's been neglected and mysterious. Novel marketing podcasts uh, gives useful information, techniques that actually work when you're trying to market or sell your novel. So if you would like to hear your name and book mentioned on novel marketing, all you have to do is leave a review uh, with your name and book title in the review, and uh, we will or may feature it in a future episode, especially if it is a negative review. <laughs> uh, <but laughs> we're not, give a negative we're review. not asking we're for negative don't. reviews. We're asking for <laughs> honest reviews. <laughs> honest but, reviews. Yeah, give so. us an honest review, and you may see it featured in a future episode. You've been listening to James
1: L. Rubart and Thomas Umstead, Jr. on the Novel Marketing Podcast, giving you novel ideas on how to promote yourself and your writing. Offline. Online.
0: And everywhere in between. Don't forget, June is Patron Appreciation Month. If you become a patron this month, or if you're already a patron, you get lifetime access to the Tax and Business Guide for Authors. But patrons get way more than just access to that course. Here's a breakdown of the patron rewards there's three different reward levels at different pledge prices. At $4 a month, you get access to the Tax and Business Guide for Authors, like I said, but you also get a bonus episode every month, the ability to ask live questions in the monthly Q&A episode, and over $800 worth of discounts on other author media courses. And free Book Vault setup. At the $10 a month level, you get everything I just talked about in the $4 level plus access to the podcast host directory. This is a directory of the email addresses and contact information for over 100,000 podcast hosts that may be interested in having you on as a guest to talk about your book. And you also get access to A.I. Thomas This is a GPT-4 chatbot that I've been working on for the last several months, and it answers questions based on over 500 episodes of the Novel Marketing Podcast and the Christian Publishing Show. But here's the best part. It cites its sources, so you can click to read the blog post that inspired the answer. So even if you don't like AI, you can think of it as a super-powered search engine to help you find the Novel Marketing episode that specifically answers the question that you have. And then at the $25 a month level, you get everything I've already talked about, plus your book featured from time to time on the podcast. If you want my help in your publishing journey, become a patron today, and you can become a patron at novelmarketing.com slash patron. That's novelmarketing.com slash patron.